Well, welcome to church. Everybody's good? You're here. That's awesome. That's legit. You guys may be seated in the house as we get on with today. We are, we got a somewhat of a day going down today. You know, I got a lot on the mind. So if I'm all over the place with this message, all good. Just go with me, okay? But uh, we got a lot going on. For those that don't know, we have our groundbreaking celebration going on at 4 p.m. 1102 North Cherry Street. Uh, we're the start of this construction. We've done some stuff inside of the place to get it ready for construction. Uh, the beautiful thing about, uh, I don't know, I guess just the way I lead is I don't want... I don't want everybody else doing something that the church can do, right? There's professionals that will do things, but I want some sweat equity amongst everybody in this place. There's beauty in the process of building that if you can't get your blood, sweat, and tears, literal blood, sweat, and tears, there's already somebody that stepped on a nail and there was blood everywhere. So I hear, I was not there. Um, when we were building this out, we, we tore down a mirror and one of our, our closest friends, I don't know why she was wearing sandals to work day, but she walked past the mirror that we said, don't go over there. And she just perused herself over there. And she walked right next to that mirror and sliced her foot open from like literally the front all the way back. There was blood everywhere, okay? That was the only blood that was spilt, but we can literally say as a church, on both these projects so far, that blood, sweat, and tears have gone into the building of it. So anybody else that wants to come bleed, come over here, okay? Just don't do anything that would cause us some real harm, you know? I mean, I guess stepping through a nail, it's, that's really a big deal. Um, I don't know how that guy's doing. Uh, is it Jesse, right? I think it was Jesse. Raymond, it was Raymond. Where's Raymond at? Is he in this room right now? You pointed like he was in this room. Okay. You point out, I was like, Raymond, let's pray for you. And Jesus, miraculous healing. <laughs> He's the one on crutches today. Um, but uh, there, there's beauty in, in, in the process and the sacrifice. And, um, and so we, we're going to have our church and, and plenty of opportunities for us, a part of this movement, to be a part of building and, and, and working hard to make it a reality. Um, and that's, that's just the way it has to be. That's just the way it's got to be. Um, we're not those churches like, well, we just give our money and somebody else does it. You know, we're building God's kingdom. Um, I don't know why I used that voice, but it sounded good for the, for the moment. Um, at least that was the church I grew up in. Um, but it's, it's going to be awesome over this next year. So 4 p.m., we'd love for you guys to be over there and celebrating with us. Uh, today, we are jumping, uh, closing out this series, Fearless, which is a series that we started almost three years ago in 2019 when we started this fearless journey of a capital campaign building for the future fearlessly moving into the future and joshua one the angel of the lord showing up to him to say hey you got to be strong and courageous as you're stepping in to the future that i have for you and be be strong and very courageous and be strong and courageous told him three times and and for us that's what our journey has been and it is that way now so i thought it'd be great for us as we're moving into the promise that God had for us that we didn't know then, that we're fearlessly moving into, that man, it would be great to have another conversation. So over the past couple of weeks, we talked about Joseph Arimathea stepping in when the body of Christ, literal body of Christ was vulnerable. And today I'm, I'm gonna highlight that again, but the body of Christ is vulnerable and, and stepping up and being individuals that are gracious. Week number two, we talked about that, just gracious individuals, loving individuals, forgiving individuals, operating in forgiveness, right? As Jesus says, you can't forgive, I, you won't be forgiven yourself. And last week we talked about legacy, thinking about the big picture of your life, the decisions you're making on a daily basis. It's, it's leaving something. You might as well just make it by choice rather than by chance. Get off the rat wheel of chaos in life and step into a new realm of living to say, I'm choosing what my legacy is going to be according to my values. Well, today I want to, uh, I had this on my heart for a long period of time, the story of Nehemiah. Uh, looking at today and what we're stepping into. Nehemiah isn't necessarily building the temple. That was Zerubbabel uh, before him. That, but Nehemiah had a heart in Jerusalem to do something specific. And, and I think it, I'm going to parallel it kind of off of our journey here today and what we're doing to build and, and plan for the kingdom and, and set up what God is doing here. But um, that's our conversation today. So if you want to take notes, you can write this across the top of your paper. Fearlessly building for the future, fearlessly building for the future. How many of you guys have ever been in a place in your life 
where um, maybe you're like me, every project you look at, you're like, ah, it'll take 30 minutes. That's about 30 minutes. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it may take about 30 minutes. Four hours later, you're like, I'm about, I'm about a quarter way there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right? There was a... Um, uh, at our, our house before we sold it, I knew that I had to fix, we had the structure that came out uh, on, our, on our patio and it was on from the second floor, it came out and, and for whatever reason, the individuals that added this on after the house was built, um, the, the construction wasn't necessarily the best. And so after 10 years of this construction, it's kind of leaning a little bit and I'm sitting there looking at it like, I'm pretty handy, you know? I think I can fix this thing, you know? And I got into this project and I pulled everything off and about an hour into it, I thought it was gonna take probably an hour to just kind of patch it up and make it look good. I pulled everything off and I was like, oh Lord. You ever like get there and you look at what you're doing, you're like, I should have never touched this. You're mad at yourself that you even touched the product. You're like, why am I doing this right now? I am wasting my life. This doesn't matter. What am I doing? That's exactly how I felt on this. And what I thought was going to literally take maybe a couple hours took me literally four weeks to complete the project. It had stuff that was all off, rotting out. I had to pull stuff out and replace it. I'm like, I could have just sold this thing and it was somebody else's problem, but now it's my problem. What am I doing right now with my life? You've been there before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've all, I think there's moments like that we have inside of life and times like that we have in life where it's like, oh, this thing's going to take that or this is going to take this amount of time. And then there's other things we look at and we're like, that is way too big for us to do. I, I, we're, we're not even going to attempt that. We're not even going to try. And you find inside of this story, Nehemiah, he was so passionate about Jerusalem. He was in Babylon at this moment in time. He's working in government. But he's an individual that, man, his heart was in a different, or his, yeah, his heart was in a different place. His body was in Babylon, but his heart was in a different place. And because of this, like, heart being like, man, my people in Jerusalem, I'm a generation beyond it. But man, I, I, I want to go back. I want to be there. I want to, I want to support what God is building there in Jerusalem. His heart was there. And man, his heart was so in it that, man, he, he, he felt like, man, this is something that I can do. The walls of Jerusalem were in shambles. 150 years prior to this moment in time, what you find in the story is Jerusalem, Babylon came in and wrecked shop on Jerusalem. You know, the Solomon's temple, the whole thing built up, all of the Jewish people came in, overtook them, and then Babylon took them uh, all the way, or uh, the King Nebuchadnezzar took them all the way back to Babylon. You find in the story of, of uh, Daniel, this is the story of Daniel, where they took the prominent people out of Jerusalem and brought them back to Bab Babylon. What they weren't trying to do is take over and occupy the land. What they were trying to do is take over and occupy the hearts and minds of the people. They took them back to their place. And for 150 years, Jerusalem set in shambles, set in rumble, or, or um, set in... Um, broken down. Oh, that's the best way to say it. It was in shambles. There you go. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, it's set in shambles and the place was just wrecked. And you hear generation after generation that Nehemiah is sitting here like, man, my place, my homeland, the place that God has called our people to be, Jerusalem, is in shambles. We have no place. And this is where we'll pick up inside of the story where Nehemiah begins to inquire about what's going on in Jerusalem. How does it look? His brother went and checked out Jerusalem or Judah and they were in Jerusalem and he asked him, hey, what, what does this look like there? How, how, what's the state of Jerusalem? And all he, he comes to find out that, man, the state of Jerusalem is not good. Zerubbabel went previous to this and set up the temple and they set up the place. He, he tried to set up the wall, but they had apprehension from people around them. So they stopped construction. So the temple was set up, but the, they had no surrounding defense around Jerusalem. So the place set vulnerable. And knowing this, Nehemiah got a heart to do something about it. Number one, if you want to write it down today, in the breaking, God gives vision for the building. In the breaking down of life, in the breaking down of your heart, in the breaking of what God is doing on the inside of your life, usually in those places, that's where God begins to speak to what he wants you to help build. As you are broken, you will begin to say, oh man, what can I do about it? How can I build this? How can I, how can I step in and do something about this? In the breaking, God usually speaks to the building. Uh, it says here in Nehemiah 1, um, 
speaking directly on this, Nehemiah 1, we'll read it right here. It says, they said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the providence of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, what does it say? I sat down and wept. In fact, four days I mourned, fasted and prayed to God of heaven. He hears the state, he's broken. Oh, he's mourning, oh. Beyond this, it says he prays to God, God, man, we have sinned, we've fallen short. Man, remember your people, remember Moses, what you called them to do, remember. He's like broken by this. How many guys have been broken by something before? You saw the situation, you said, man, what is going on with that? You're broken by it. You ever been there before? My story, the whole point of why we do what we do as Pearl Street Church, unchurched people, disconnected, from God, getting connected to a community of faith that it doesn't matter what you look like, talk like, smell like, there is community, right? It doesn't mean we lower the standards of righteousness. We're just trying to call people to a greater standard of living. That's it, right? And there's expectation to do that. My heart breaking is seeing a young man in middle school that was being demonized and, and ostracized based on his physical orientation, his physical life, his, his size, his weight, and it broke me. And over years and years of God breaking me about people that are ostracized in society, I begin to dream about building something of a future. There's a man in this place right now, Tony, I'll just call him directly out. A man that through the VA process and the loans, he didn't know I was going to say this today, but I got you, Tony. He's a veteran himself. Looked into the, veteran, the, the, the loan process, VA loans, and thought, man, there are so many veterans that are losing access. don't know about it and don't, aren't, uh, aren't getting the access to these loans in order to help them build houses. He says it different than that, but this is my understanding of it. <laughs> I probably should get him up here and he can say it, but <laughs> essentially in the breaking of his heart on the lack of what veterans had, he's built an incredible company, one of the top loan companies, I think in our country today, and one of the fastest growing companies in our country today for VA loans. It's incredible. Him and Jolene are incredible people, but it's in the breaking that he has the vision for what it can be. The access, the help, how it can support, how it can build up. Today I would ask you, what is breaking in you that the Holy Spirit is now speaking to you for what you can do to build and be a part of something? Maybe you're sitting in this room today and what you are doing today in your career is a part of the breaking that God did in you years ago. And you begin to dream about what you can do. Right, here's the deal. Everybody in this place, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, there should be the breaking in your heart for people that are disconnected from God. But everybody in this place has a specific gift to do something to build life, right? To provide for yourself, right? You can't get away from that. If we just take it back old school, right? God had given individual people traits and talents and abilities to do specific things that when they did it, now they can trade it to provide for themselves, but also to bless community. And this is the hard thing about an industrialized society is the moment we find ourselves that our company is our provider, we lose sight of the provision that God has for us. If you break it down to the fundamentals, when you work and you invest, God brings the blessing back into you. If you put a seed in the ground, it's not going to grow unless God brings the sun and he brings the rain. But in an industrialized society, we can humanize everything and we can lose sight of God's hand that is at work behind our blessing. Just because man is doing it now doesn't mean God is not at work. So here we are today in the breaking. We all have something specific to do to build life but we all have a mandate in this place as followers of Jesus Christ to build the kingdom. Every single one of us. This isn't somebody else's responsibility. It's our responsibility. We are a part of the royal priesthood that Jesus Christ has called us into and allowed us to step into. The royal priesthood. Jesus would say it this way in the breaking of our hearts in Matthew 9. It says this, Matthew 9. Bam! Bam! There we go. Claire is short back there. She's like, I don't, you can't see me. Claire, get on it. Matthew 9, Jesus traveled through the, all the towns and the villages that, uh, of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had what? 
compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send what? More workers into the field. We got a couple disciples. There's a whole bunch of people that are in need. They're helpless. They desperately need some people that care and people that are willing to give and serve and help people that are broken. The harvest is incredibly white. Workers are few. Nehemiah is in this place where there's a broken down uh, state of his people, Jerusalem, God's chosen people. It's broken down. His place isn't being glorified. His heart is breaking and God's working on the inside of him for what can this look like inside of the future? He's praying. I'll tell you today, the state of our country, we want to just talk about that state of our country is, is its own issue. The governance and all that is, that's its own issue. I'm not going to go into that now, but the spiritual state of our country is in shambles. It lies in ruins here today. People are building, going after their lives. They're in the rat will of an industrialized, humanized society, a secular humanized society. People are looking through the lens of politics and everything else and not looking through the lens spiritually on what are we doing to build generations that know God, love God, because God brings the blessing. This isn't about us serving ourselves and doing these incredible things and look at man as as they did in Babel. This is about us coming to serve the Lord and make him known and famous upon this earth. We're in a tough space inside of our country. And let me just tell you today, as I've said before, you know, the millennials are going to church at a much lower rate. I think it was the Barner Group did research and the, the statistic was over the past 10 years, it's 44%. Uh, and over 10 years, it's now 52%. Millennials that aren't connected, church going individuals. What is that? It's over half of the next generation is not connected or going to the local church connected to their faith and and Christian actively showing up and being a part of a community. It's it's a big deal. 36% of people that went to church pre-COVID are no longer, uh, or 74% are no longer in church anymore. 36 have come back post-COVID. The state of church, the body of Christ is extremely vulnerable right now. Nehemiah had to have a breaking in his heart to say, we're going to rise up and do something about this. And I'm saying, is there a breaking in your heart? Breaking in your heart for what you're doing every day. You should have that. You got to have your why on the inside that gets you up every single morning saying, I'm going to work with purpose in me. But are you waking up every day saying, I'm a part of discipling the world, bringing the message of good news to everybody around me in my everyday living. I am here to share the gospel and love on people and introduce them to Jesus. And that why on the inside is here, man, to build the kingdom. We all need that. Do you have that on the inside of you? Because Nehemiah had the breaking and this is what he goes on to say in Nehemiah 2 when he steps in, he prays. The great thing about Nehemiah, he prays. He asks for favor in front of the king. He steps in front of the king. The king's like, what's going on with you? He says, man, my heart and my people where I'm I'm at, they live in ruins. He said, well, what can we do? He's like, here's what you can do. Let me go, one. Two, how about you give me safe passage? Number three, hey, how about you go ahead and let the people around pay for the whole thing? How about that, right? He has boldness to ask for the right things. He has the right strategies. His heart is broken, but he's not just aimlessly going after on God, you gotta do everything. God, what do I need to ask for? And what do I need to do? And God brings the provision, so he gets it. He shows up in Jerusalem before he talks to anybody, the, the officials, the, the leaders, the, the spiritual leaders of, of the city. He goes and inspects the wall. Inspects the wall for himself, so he looks at it. He sees the state of the area. And then he gets people together and this is what he, sa- he says to them. But now I said to them, you know very well what, the trouble, uh, what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversations with the king. They replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. Nehemiah shares the breaking, shares the need, shares the pain, and everybody in there is like, let's go, kind of. They're like, no, 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 okay, let's do this. Why is it? They understood the vulnerability they lived in. They understood the state of Jerusalem, and with that, they had a heart to do what Nehemiah rose up to say, we're going to do. Isn't it incredible? 
The, the question is in this house, if I'm sitting here today to say, hey, the state of the church is broken down. We are, we are living in ruins of a faith that once was of our country. Now, this isn't about reestablishing whatever in governance. This is about a people inside of America rising up and saying there's a value system that comes from a Judeo-Christian belief system that we want to be lived out here in our country. We're going to be people that rise up and build the church of Jesus Christ right here in this city, right here in this state, and right here in our country. This is what we want to do, build the kingdom of God. If I say this today, you know what it's in. What is your response? Is it like the, the leaders here that are like, let's build this wall? Is your response like, let's go, let's build a church? Yeah. Or are you like, oh, cool, that, that's awesome. Here's the deal. Two to three million people were exiled out of Jerusalem 150, over 150 years into Babylon. The moment the king said, hey, Jewish people in Babylon, you can go back to Jerusalem and you can rebuild your city. You want to know what the percentage was that actually went back? 2%. 50,000 people. Two to three million people at this moment in time said, you know what? It's somebody else's issue. I'm good. I'm comfortable. It's not really affecting me. I feel good over here in Babylon. It's pretty, it's pretty great. There's a small group of people that when you see the state of whatever spiritual ruins is going on in their generation that are willing to rise up and do something about it. I pray Pearl Street Church is a part of the generation, the 2% that say, you know what? We're not gonna allow this thing to sit in ruins. We will be a part of building the church. We'll be a part of it. We'll build this thing. Why? Because we know this is the greatest source of hope that is being provided here. This isn't about building one space. This is about us being called to a community and building this church, a small C church. It's a part of the big C church. It's not about Pearl Street. It's about Jesus Christ. And we want to build this one thing that we're a part of because Jesus obviously brought us here. That's why I love in our church, man. If you are here, then you're called to be here. I don't got to convince you to stay. God has already confirmed it, that you are here. Nobody can t come along and, and pull you away or lure you away. or You are called here. Yeah. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. It's not my responsibility to keep you. It's your responsibility to keep your relationship with Jesus that will keep yeah. you in the space that he's called you to go. Yeah. So when we're committed to that, psh, let's go in Jesus' name. Yeah. Nehemiah sees it. It's, man, his heart is broken. Now he has a conviction to do something about it. And there's beauty, man, with enthusiasm. They were like, let's build the wall. Everybody took their parts. Everybody was, each family, each group. You look in chapter number three, each family, each group took portions of the wall and said, you know what? We're gonna take responsibility over this area right here. This is what we're gonna do. And they went to work building the wall with enthusiasm, <laughs> doing it quickly. They got half the wall done very, very quickly. Now here's the deal, whenever you get a conviction to do something, it's not gonna be easy. We all want the easy road, right? God's giving me this dream and I'm just gonna wake up one day, it's gonna happen. It's gonna be the most beautiful thing ever. Here's the deal, that's not the reality. Yeah. If I could sit here and tell you today, I'm not gonna start going into details, but I, I, I'll start crying if I do. If I could tell you over the last eight years, what we've had to go through as a church, all this stuff, here's the deal. <laughs> when you're young and dumb, you are so ignorant to the reality of what's going on. I'm talking about myself. Don't, if you are young and young in here, I'm not saying you're dumb. Okay. <laughs> Some young people look at me like, you say that one more time. I'm going to cut you. But when you're young and dumb, it's good to be idealistic. Don't get me wrong. I think there is a, there's good to be idealistic. When we started the church, I was so dumb, but I was so passionate, right? And you need that level of conviction and passion. Everybody's like, well, it's not going to work out. I don't know. You're too young. You don't have the right experience, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, we're doing this thing. Ah! And they're like, well, guess what? You're going to face a lot of challenges and trials. I remember Sam Chan saying, the, the larger the organization, the more blood around of a leader. And I said, oh, Lord, I don't know about that. Craig Groeschel said, hire slowly, fire quickly. I'm like, Psh, I don't have to worry about none of that. You get into the journey and then all of a sudden, everything's not going the way you want it to go. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's, there's things that are going on, not getting into specifics or I'll start crying. 
But there are people that are no longer here that were here at one moment in time that I've had, we've had to embrace love and then let go. And we still love and we, we do embrace them, but they're no longer here. There was challenges or struggle along the journey. And that's the process of building great things. Anything that God has called you to do will come with apprehension or will come with, uh, uh, not apprehension, it will come with apprehension. You're gonna have that in. It's gonna come with confrontation. It's gonna come with challenges, right? So number two, if you wanna write it down, building great things takes big faith and a fearless resolve. Well, when it comes to building great things, and let me tell you, every work that God has called us to is a great work. If there's a breaking in your life and God has done that breaking, then what you are setting your life to do is a great work. Don't let anybody tell you any different. You know, there's individuals in our church, you know, we got VA loans, we got individuals that are lawyers that are um, serving in, in different areas to help families that are broken down and, and help them deal with the collateral damage of divorce, but they, they, they felt called to that. And they served in that area for a while. My wife, you know, seeing women's care has dedicated her life to the health and healing of women and bringing life into the world. It's these breaking on the inside of lives that are driving people, but it comes with challenges. It comes, you gotta have big faith in there. Nehemiah steps out in big faith. Let's build this wall. Let's do this thing. And just because there's people around Jerusalem that don't necessarily like what he's doing, all of a sudden there's apprehension or all of a sudden there's confrontation. All of a sudden there's false accusation. All of a sudden there's threats coming. And this is the part of life, man. The enemy is a liar and the enemy operates the same way as he's always operated, yeah. Right? When you got something big you are pushing towards, the enemy will always come to you first with fear. Yeah. On the spiritual side, if you are mature in your faith and you, maybe this is an area you don't understand, anytime you're pushing for something big and you're getting into these, I'm talking about some, some leveling up inside of your faith, you better realize there's gonna, it's gonna come yeah. with some serious spiritual battles. Yeah. Right? If you haven't been choked out in the middle of night when you were sleeping <laughs> by a demonic force, it's time to start growing your faith. It's starting to start building, right? And any, every time in my life, and I'll just keep it real. I mean, some, I'm probably freaking some people out. I'll keep it real. Any time in my life, there is great works that we are doing, leveling up to build the kingdom of God. It will always come with a spiritual attack yeah. of some sort. We signed on this building June 4th. Three Sundays after that, three women on each Sunday we want to talk to pastor every single three weeks. We want to talk to pastor directly. Jezebel spirit all day long. Can we want to talk to pastor? Well, we're stepping into a place that's historically known for prostitution. What are we doing? We're wrecking shop yeah. on the sin, yeah. sexual immorality. We're, we're wrecking shop on that. Yeah. We're stepping into a community to say this place has been run down and in ruins, but guess what? Spiritually saying, we're stepping into this place to restore this spiritual dysfunction this place is in through the power of Jesus Christ. Every spiritual thing, choked out in the middle of the night by a demon. I'm just like, Jesus, I can't breathe. And all of a sudden, I grab some anointing oil. I'm like, man, I'm slapping my house, you know, every door in my house. I'm like, I don't know what I let in, but I know I'm leveling up. Because here's how the devil works. He always operates with fear. He wants you to believe that your God is smaller than his threats. Yeah. David knew when he was coming up against Goliath, have you seen my daddy? Apparently you have not, okay? Doesn't matter how big you physically are, I have the God of all creation behind me. I remember at one point in my time, you know, there were some people trying to punk me back when I was a, uh, in, uh, I think I was a junior. They tried to punk me, be like, Brent, who do you think you are? So they were walking by and they, they punked me like that. And I said, what in the world? <laughs> now there was four of them. And I look back and I said, Lord Jesus. <laughs> now I'm, I'm a little crazy and I'm like, I, I don't care if there's four to one, it's all good. So I start moving towards them. I'm like, yeah. Well, immediately they start backing up like, yo bro. I was like, you better believe it. <laughs> and they kept on walking. I was like, say something, okay? And I turned around. I didn't realize that I had 10 of my friends right behind me. <laughs> Here's the deal. When you know who's behind you, yes. you won't allow what's in front of you to, to deter you. And this is the deal about Nehemiah. 
Nehemiah knew who was behind him. He didn't allow the threats around Jerusalem to deter him. And this is called big faith. You got to know who's behind you and for you as you're building. We know at Pearl Street Church who is behind us. We know what God is doing. We know what God is doing for us, what he's already done at work ahead of us. We are, I fear nothing that is ahead of us. I know there's going to be challenges. I know there's times where I'm going to doubt, but I do not, uh, I do not um, doubt that God's going to show up in the middle of our future. There's going to be immense challenges. We're going to say, what in the world's going on? Why are we even doing this? But I know the God of yesterday that has shown up and provided will be the God of tomorrow that'll show up and provide. It's a thing. When you build great things, it's always going to come with challenges. Keep on building great things. Keep on pushing forward. Keep on doing what God has called you to do. Nehemiah had to press forward with all the threats that were around him. Hey, we're going to kill you. We're going to step in. We're going to take you. We're going to come upon you. What did he do? He said, okay, wisdom is, you know what? We probably need to put some guards out to make sure that our people, as they're building the wall, they aren't just you know, ambushed and attacked. So let's put some guards out. Hey, how about everybody, as you're working, let's go ahead and put a sword on your, your hip. Let, let's get you ready with a sword on your hip that you are ready, that the moment somebody tries to do something, boy, you got it. You're working here, but you're ready to fight here. This is the, this is the beauty of the body of Christ. We are all gonna be working to build, but there's power in the sword, the word of God, in order to protect. We will have threats as we build for the future. We're renovating 25,000 square feet of this building. When you see it today at 4 p.m., it'll blow your mind. The team has done a great job to set this thing up. It is a massive opportunity. Careful the things you pray for because God might actually give it to you. Right? Character takes you places, uh, or talent takes you places, character keeps you. That's the beauty of being in the process. We want to build character through this process. If we're not ready for what's to come, what what is to come will crush us. We're getting ready. This is a preparation for what is to come. When you see this, it's unbelievable what God has provided for us. Everything prayer-wise is a part of that space. I mean, literally to a detail, finite detail of what I pray, God, this is what we want. It's in that place. It's amazing. Careful what you pray for. It might actually happen. Nehemiah had to press in and push forward, be wise about the process, understand that he was doing a physical thing. But at the same time, he knew God had to show up and do the spiritual thing. He trusted God. He prayed hard. God protect us. God provide. God surround us. God, you know, uh, expedite our, our efforts. And he stepped in and man, God did some profound things. They built the wall literally in 52 days. 52 days. It's amazing. An incredible feat. So much so that even the enemies of Nehemiah could not doubt that God was with them. Even the enemies looked at it and said, this is crazy. God must be for them. God must be with them. And I pray that that is the reality of our lives here today and that is the reality of our church. That with what we do, how we live on a daily basis, how we build this church that no matter what opposition comes against us, who it may be physically, right? We are an uncompromised biblical church. We stand upon biblical values. We do not compromise. We're not here sharing hate. We're here just communicating truth. With that comes reality that convicts us, that says we got to get better. We are an uncompromised church, biblical truth. There, somebody may come in the future. We understand spiritual things will come in the future. But I pray through our faith, our big faith, and trusting God through the process, that even our enemies will say, God is for them. God is with them. And we can't even deny that. Amen? Last thing I'll leave you with is this. Last thing I'll leave you with is this. Where there is sacrifice, there uh, there you will find legacy. Where there is sacrifice, there you will find legacy. It takes sacrifice in your personal life to build great things. If you're part of something big, it's requiring a sacrifice inside of your life. When you care over it, when you put your time, your energy, your effort into it, right? You're, you know, you're putting your heart and soul into it. Maybe you've started a company and, or uh, maybe you start, yeah, started a company. You've taken capital that you've built over time and you've taken this lump sum to 
build this thing. You are sacrificing monetary value for building something that has broken your heart that's gonna impact people's lives. Where you find sacrifice at that level, time, energy, effort, care, legacy. You're gonna find legacy there. You will be known for the sacrifices in which you make. We are known for the sacrifices we are willing to make. And I love this about uh, the story of Nehemiah and the, the, the people of Jerusalem. As I said a minute ago, each family took a portion of that wall and said, this is our responsibility. We are personally going to sacrifice for the benefit of this section of wall to be built. We're not worried about somebody that's on the left of us or on the right of us or left, your left right here, there you go. Or the right of us, there you go, you're right. We're not worried about any of that. What we are worried about is what's right here, our responsibility. And every single portion of the city came together and said, we're doing this and we're focused on that. We're gonna personally sacrifice for this right here. And I'm saying today, every single person in here, when it comes to building the church, has to have that attitude to say, what is my portion to sacrifice? What am I sacrificing in order to build the kingdom? What am I sacrificing for the future of what I'm a part of? What am I sacrificing? Some of you guys in here, it will be money. God's going to put it upon your heart to say, hey, you need to give X amount of dollars. Yeah. Some, some of you guys. Some of you guys, it's going to be time. You know what? Hey, how about you give some time towards this project? How about you give of yourself, right? The greatest asset you have is time. That's what you got. You can't take back time. What you do with it is either building a legacy it's building a legacy. I'll just leave it at that. What you do with your time is, is building a legacy. What you don't do with it is not building legacy. Some of you guys, it's time. What are you, you going to do to be a part of this? Nehemiah rallied him up. We're doing our part. Record time. No matter, no matter what was going on, no matter what the opposition was, no matter what it, you know, how bleak it looked, no matter how challenging it became, they had doubts. They said, this is our portion to do, and we're going to sacrifice. Some of you guys are doing that. You know, we got the, the offering at this uh, year that we're taking next weekend. We're, we're asking everybody, hey, what is your part to play? What can you give towards this, right? Yeah, every, uh, every Memorial Day, I love the statement that says, uh, all have given, some have given all. I, I love that statement. Now, at the risk of, of hijacking that when it comes to the body of Christ, here's the deal. Our expectation is that all give something. But understand that you are sitting in a place where some around you are giving it all. That's why Jesus, when he looked at the woman that walked in, she gave two mites, two coins. He looked at everybody in there, all this wealth that was in there. And he says, hey, everybody, look at this woman. She's operating in obedience to the call that God placed on her life. You guys, you guys gave in your excess. She gave in her all. She gave her all. She gave of all she had. Looking around in there, he would say, in here, She's given it all. She's the one that's truly giving. You guys are giving out of excess. And this is the thing, what is it? There's people in this place. I mean, I love this about Pearl Street Church. One is we want our church to look like Target or Walmart because Target or Walmart looks like heaven. I love that, right? You look around, you're going to see every race, every ethnicity, every socioeconomic background inside of this place. But guess what? This looks like the body of Christ. Guess what? This looks like heaven. Yeah. I want to I live heaven on earth before I get there where I'm not surprised when I get there. I'm like, what's going on here? How'd you get in, right? <laughs> I want to show up and be like, dude, how did I get in? Look, we made it, right? Good and faithful servants inhabit the kingdom. You did unto me when I was the least. When I was at my worst, you did for me. That's what I want. But what is it? I mean, for us to live this, there's got to be a breaking on the inside of us. For us to live this, there's got to be a conviction to say, we want to build something great. We want to do something great here. Right? Never underestimate the power of a small group of people to change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. Indeed, it is. But we get to be the part of the small group of people right here in San Antonio that shifts the spiritual climate of our city. There's a lot of great churches doing great things. We're just trying to be a great church doing a great thing. 
We're not trying to be the best, but we definitely want to give our best. That's what we want to do. If we're trying to be, be the best, it's pride. No, no, no. Hum, humility is what we're called to, lowering ourselves. The last shall be first. If we can continue to do that, no matter how important we become, no matter how influential we become, can we keep on lowering ourselves down to say, we're just building the kingdom. Yes. Keep on doing what God has called us to do. Nehemiah raised that wall up, and I love at the end of this story that the church came together. At the end of the story in Nehemiah 8, Ezra, the priest, who showed up just before Nehemiah, says this, Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people, what, chanted, amen and amen. They only did it twice. I do it three times, okay? <laughs> the greater blessing in Jesus' name. As they lifted their hands, and then they bowed down and they worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. What was it? We built the wall. We built something great. We're in the temple here. The book is opened up. We are stoked about God's word because it is the truth. And then the truth sets us free. So we chant out, amen, amen, amen. We're in the body of Christ and we're committed to something that's bigger than ourselves. Pride wants to step in and say, look what I built. We can stand there and be like, okay, look what we built. Look. But the beauty of the body of Christ, when we know what has been done for us as we come into this place, and man, when we read truth, when we encounter Jesus, we sit back and we just praise our Heavenly Father. Because you know, we know it's not about us. The whole community rose up. We first started the church, if you were around, every time I would read, I would read two scriptures in the front of every single message that I preached. And we would all stand together based on this scripture right here. In honor of God's word. I stopped doing it over time. Maybe we'll bring it back at some point in time. But the whole point is, let's be a community of people that honor God's word and know what we are part of is bigger than ourselves. Let's build great things. Every Christmas we give presents and we get presents. When it comes to the end of the year, fearless offering that we're taking next weekend, the question I would have for you is, what can you give? Pray God, what can I give? This year we're giving towards Andy Swanson that's going to Turkey, preaching to a Muslim community, missionary uh, to China for the last 15 years, can't get back in because they kicked him out, so he's going to Turkey. A man that's got to get back on the mission field. We're supporting him. We're going to support him for one month this next year. We're, we're giving to help one now that's trying to help business leaders uh, and, and entrepreneurs in third world countries in order to support the communities in which they are in. We're giving towards that. We're giving towards Ransom Life, an organization started out of our building that's helping girls that are trafficked right here inside of our city. Helping them out of the sex industry. Fighting against sex trafficking, that's what we're doing. Last day we're giving towards is the start of this project over here. We wanna bring offering in to start this project off. Get this thing off the ground. We got some architectural plans we gotta pay right now. Right? God's brought the provision. Don't get me wrong. Provision's here. We're able to purchase the building. We got the loan. We're doing the thing. God's bringing it. But there's some cost right now that we can get off the ground that's not a liability to the church that'll pre prepare us for what's to come. I'll tell you right now, building costs are going up. And I'm looking at it like, psh, praise God, I, own a, I serve a God that owns a cattle on a thousand hill. I ain't worried about nothing. He's got the provision. We just got to have the faith. Amen? So what can we give? Come next week, and maybe you, if you want to start giving right now, you can start giving right now. You can go online and click the Fearless Offering button. This is over and above your tithes and offering. Here's the deal. Tithes and offering, it, oh, our tithes is an obedient response to God. You brought provision into my life, as I talked about earlier. His provision is whatever. The paycheck may say something, somebody's name, some company. It may say something like that, but I'll tell you, the provision comes from God. He's brought, always remember, he brings the sun and he brings the rain on your company, on your endeavors. Always remember that. If you remove yourself from the soil, you will lose sight of God in the process. He brings the sun. He brings the rain.
Tithing is a response to your first fruits. As it comes into your house, you get that first, fruits to God, fruit, first fruit to God. What does that mean? You give to the local church body that you are a part of. That's what that means. I, I tithe 10% of my income. I love this, said this by this pastor a couple weeks ago. If you were in here and you make a lot of money, guess what? That number is a lot. Here's the deal, the percentage is the same. So if you want me to pray for you that the number gets smaller, I can do that for you. God, please decrease their, their income so that the number they're tithing is less in Jesus' name that they're comfortable with. I don't want to do that. Increase them, God. Bless them abundantly, God, that the numbers increases and the percentage stays the same in Jesus' name. The beauty is I'm a tither just like you. My wife's a doctor. The number's big. I'll just be honest with you. The number's big. But our God is greater. Our God is good. In my obedience, in our obedience, man, God blesses our house and he blesses the churches that we're a part of. So I'm not asking you to give. Give. Give anywhere. No. Where has God called you to be? Cool. Tithe in that place. Right? Malachi 3.10 is, you want a can of blessing to open up on your life? Tithe. Now here's the deal, offering is over and above 10%. This is out of the excess, right? Leviticus, it talks about, hey, leave a border around your, your, uh, your farm. Go ahead, harvest all of it, right? Or harvest, some, not all of it, but leave a perimeter on it. And the whole concept was in the, in the Jewish faith that is the same concept that is played out in our faith today is, leave a perimeter for people that are in need, your, your uh, your blessing can bless those that are in need. That as they're walking along the path of your, or uh, the, the edge of your property, if they are hungry, they can pick it off for their provision. That is your generosity, the excess. You harvest and then you take 10% you give to God and then you leave excess around that border for people that are in need. That's generosity. And today I'm talking to generosity. We wanna give generously. Tied to the church, which we all do, but what does your generosity look like this year? What gifts can you bring over and above? Maybe you own a company in here today. Maybe you, uh, you have your own practice, whatever it is. Hey, we got tax write-offs for you. Let's go. You need to close the gap. All good in the hood, we got you. But what can you give this year, this next week as we step in to fearlessly build the future of our church? It's equal sacrifice, equal sacrifice. It's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. What can we do? Here's the beauty. As a pastor, I lay my head down at night and I say this, God, our church is a church of equal sacrifice. A gentleman walked in a year ago, I believe it was now, living a life maybe of addiction and uh, he was just getting his life back on track. He was probably 60 years old, somewhere around in there. And he's, he's coming to church and he's committed himself and he's, he's doing the thing and following Jesus to the best of his ability. And he came in and he, we're in the foyer and he, he said, Pastor, I want to do that thing. I want to I I tithe. I want to do that. But then I also want to give towards that thing we're doing, that building thing we're doing. He says, I want to do it right now. I want to give to it right now. And he... he you know, did the handshake thing and gave me money. And people do that and I get weird about it. I'm like, duh, take it away, people. <laughs> I don't want this in my hand. And I opened it up and it was a $5 bill. There's people in our church that have given, I think the largest check, I'll just tell you, the largest check we've, we've given, that's been given in the history of our church is $80,000. The gift of $80,000 is just, uh, just as much of a blessing, a much a, uh, as much faith and obedience as the person that gives five. Our church is equal sacrifice. That's the beauty of it. Today, it's not about, I mean, this is why I, I, I want to present it to you as we got an end of year offering. We're building this thing. We're doing it. And I'll trust you right now. God is behind us. He is for us. Nothing can stand against us in Jesus' name. But God has always rose up leaders in a generation in order to accomplish his purposes. He's always called on his community of faith to rise up and say, what can I do?
our human reaction is to say, well, it's their responsibility. I want the benefit, but somebody else has got to sacrifice. I don't want that in our church. I don't want that in our house. I want an equal sacrifice. We are all tithers and we're all generous givers in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So we'll pray over this and I have to finish. So if you're here today and you, maybe you are on the journey of building something great and you are facing opposition, take heart. We serve a God that has overcome the world. The enemy can't bring, there's no level of fear the enemy can bring that has the power to deter you from what God has called you to so long as you grab hold of faith and keep on moving forward. Maybe you're in here today and you are, you're an individual that God is breaking your heart right now. You're, you're in the breaking process right now. You've seen some things, you heard some things and God has broken you. Maybe it's specifically towards the kingdom of God and this is a beautiful thing. I'm just, he is the God that will give you the vision for the building, your part to play in it. Pray bold prayers. So I say it all the time, careful what you pray for because God might actually do it. And I believe he is a God that wants to do it for you. So if you're sitting here and you're in the breaking, God is breaking you, he's wrecking you and your heart is, is moving and just pray, just pray bold prayers. God reveal to me what is my part to play. Maybe it is something vocational. Maybe it's something specifically, specifically inside of this place, this church that God is asking you to do, serving, something, something he's called you to do. Maybe it is. But in that breaking, grab hold of all that God is speaking in this season. For some of you guys, in this breaking, this is the start of a lifelong work that God has called you to. And the beautiful thing about a lifelong work is there are lives on the other side of your yes of obedience to what God has done and is doing in you. Just keep on saying yes, keep on getting back up, keep on walking in faith and keep on trusting God in every season of life. God, we come to you today, Lord, broken people, but Lord, you've always used broken people to build great things. Nothing great has happened by chance, it's always been by choice. Today, I pray our church is rising up to make the choices necessary to build the kingdom because the harvest is white. The workers are few. The spiritual climate of our nation is in shambles. God, you've called us to do something about it. So Lord, I pray for courage to rise up, strength to rise up. God, as, as you spoke to Joshua, be strong and courageous. May there be a generation right here on this earth right here in this place, Pearl Street Church, that rises up in strength, dunamis power that comes from God, not a form of godliness and rejecting the power, but the complete godliness and, and accepting the power of God on work on the inside of us, God. To do the work now in our city, do the work now in our workplace, do the work now in our homes. Give us the strength and courage to build today, not tomorrow, not in the future, but build today. May we be a part of the generation that is writing a legacy upon the sacrifices that we are living in here today. By your will, for your glory, God, we serve you. May a generation rise up. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen, and amen, and amen, and amen.